Welcome to The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And this week we're covering Season 3, Episode 3, entitled Walk With Me. It's uh, the introduction of the governor. The governor. Yeah. The <laughs> I would want to say it with some sort of British accent. Right. Even though it's just said with a southern accent. Southern American accent. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Well, we have no news this week, so let's get right into the recap. More comic timing. Yes. Uh... So we start off with a interesting intro, the helicopter crash. Got uh, three dudes riding along in a helicopter, and it goes out. No uh, reason for it. Adam M. from Facebook said, they're doing all right until the smoke monster from Lost attacked the helicopter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and then they totally go down into the trees. They're, uh, well, we see Andrea and Michonne spotted them and head over in that direction. Right. Uh, it was pretty cool. I liked the shot of the helicopter going down. It was good. And I, at first I'm like, huh. So they got a, a Huey, mm-hmm. which is an obsolete model of helicopter. And I'm like, well, maybe they're too cheap to rent a Blackhawk. But then they crashed it. I don't know if they <laughs> actually crashed it. Nah, that had to be CG. Or it reminded me of the, um, you know, in the days of Airwolf, where mm-hmm. <laughs> they'd always have Airwolf going against these ridiculous civilian helicopters. <laughs> Like and whatever choppers yeah with like a <laughs> stupid pvc missile pod uh strapped to it uh but then like every time inevitably when they blow up it either cut to an obvious model or they uh, would be going and they'd go down behind a hill yeah and then yeah. explode because it turns out super expensive to wreck helicopters definitely yeah it's a hell of a lot more expensive than a cg shot i would think so mm. uh, my guess is cg that's where my money is. Yeah. Uh, we get the the first commercial, or I'm sorry, not the commercial, can the, I, the can intro. I, can yeah. I just say, super smart on Michonne's part, having her zombies be the her pack mules. Oh, yeah. Strapping she had backpacks those, to yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. Really smart idea. Definitely. Uh, they were supposed to be pretty strong, so. Well, yeah, and clearly, I mean, I don't know how stumbly that would make them, but, I yeah. mean, it looked like they were pretty sure-footed, so. It also might make them less likely to try to attack her. Zombies would know. make the ultimate, uh, like, Sherpas. Yeah. You just yeah. take off their jaw and arms. They'd freeze to death. That's the only thing. They, they, well, they'd freeze mm. to undeath. <laughs> yeah. Redeath. So, maybe you could, like, uh. I don't know, shove a whole bunch of hand warmers down their pants and under the shirts and keep them going. But they wouldn't need oxygen, that's for sure. Get on that and let us know how it goes All right. next week. I'll do it. All right. Uh, so we come back from the intro, and Andrew and Michonne are over checking out the helicopter when all of a sudden the governor and his crew show up. Uh, and they're recovering what they can from it. Uh, one of the guys they recover who's still alive. Uh, he calls him a breather. So mm-hmm. uh, if they're not a walker, they're a breather. Apparently, or Apparently. biter. Biter. Oh, uh, yeah. If they're not a biter, they're a breather. That's mm-hmm. what they, these guys call them. Uh, and then Merle finds Andrea and Michonne hidden out there. Uh, <laughs> we get to talk about this scene. Carefully ensconced behind their single fern. Yeah. It's like they were holding up a leaf <laughs> and expecting that to hide them. It, w- it was really ridiculous. It reminds me of like a cartoon where... They just, like, put a leaf in their hat or something. Yeah. And then walk around with it thinking they're camouflaged. Yeah. Or they, yeah. I just, I don't know, man. Um, This show doesn't seem to give a lot of thought to how it frames these things. Like, 
You know, we'll just have a. Uh, I, it, it's like we'll have a herd of walkers stumble across a highway, and yeah. nobody knows until they're right up on them. And it, they also, this is one of the things that drives me crazy about the show is they have the zombie stumble right past Andrea and Michonne as they're crouching down there. Yeah, crouching, crouching. I guess yeah. you could explain that because the pack mule zombies are giving them zombie cover. I don't. Yeah, I don't that, know. that's totally what I thought. Um, that's kind of the idea behind her zombie. Uh, friends there so the other thing i didn't get is that these zombies and uh michonne zombies seem like all about wanting to eat the governor's men yes but that blows poindexter's theory out of the water later yeah. on in the episode that they lose their desire to eat people yeah. if you remove their ability to like do they just get habituated to a certain number of per uh, a certain t- two people they're like okay well we've tried to eat them <laughs> low these many months we're just gonna uh-huh. give up but oh new people it might work yeah i i don't know i don't i don't get it either yeah i i thought that was kind of a hole in it too which is again why it's futile to try to discuss the science behind these zombies because i don't yeah. think the show writers even know the other thing with hiding behind that measly little fern is there was a guy with a scope Looking into those woods. And they were 30 feet away at most. And the zombies were moving. I mean, yeah. humans pick up really well on movement. Hell yeah. And That's sound. Kind of they, yeah. Like, you step on a branch from that far away, they're going to hear it. Yeah. But, yeah, a little little kooky there. But so, you know what made up for it? What's that? The governor dropping a sweet Optimus Prime quote. Said, Let, let's roll out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. He had just watched transformers oh the yeah. day before yeah he's he's modeling his leadership on the ultimate leader yeah optimus prime from 80s cartoons all right uh, i liked to see that they had a daryl too the guy with the bow hell yeah um they have a t-dog <laughs> they have a t-dog slash daryl mm-hmm. yeah um the merle re-entry here was freaking awesome yeah you like that i thought i because it was borderline cheesy. Like, yes. there's a lot of stuff in this episode that is borderline cheesy. Yes, that's a good way to describe it. But it, it paid off for me. It mm-hmm. really did. When Merle, like, jabbed that zombie through the head with the bayonet attached to his arm, I was like, yes, that's awesome. And then when Andrea spins around and immediately faints, mm-hmm. it works because it wasn't just her fainting from seeing Merle. She was also super sick. So it's like, did she faint because she was sick? Did she faint because she saw Merle? I'll always so it works be- as comedy. I'll always believe that she fainted just at the mere suggestion that she'd have to push bodies against Merle. <laughs> She's like, oh, oh. a right. hug. Oh. Fair enough. Uh, good thing for Merle that that was the most polite zombie in the yeah. canon we've seen so far. It's like, excuse Tapped me, sir. Tapping my shoulder. Do you mind if I munch you terribly? <laughs> oh, no. Okay, I'll be dying then. <laughs> yeah. He's <laughs> a very British zombie. Yes, he was. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Uh, they take Andrea back to Woodbury and treat her, uh, along with Michonne. Uh, Merle interrogates her, and she catches him up on what's happened to their group. Um, and then we get the governor coming in, uh, and he tells everyone he tells them that everyone everyone is infected, which they didn't know before because they got split up before. Rick yep. divulged that information that he's so, been holding for a season. So, wow, we've we've been told four times now about yeah. this dramatic revelation. Each, just in case each you time, forgot. It's just as fresh. Yeah. It hits <laughs> us just as hard because mm-hmm. the first time didn't hit us at all. Uh, and then he introduces them to Woodbury and gives them a place to stay. Hmm. This is kind of a long scene. We can uh, go into the details here. 
I thought this is where I thought the Merle hand thing got kind of cheesy because they're really laying it on thick. Oh yeah, like show of hands. Somebody needs to tell Merle. Okay, we get it. It's a guilt trip, right? Just you don't have to show us the stump, right? You don't have to make a bunch of hand puns, right? (laughs) (laughs) Could you give me a hand here? Yeah, show a hand, and he holds up (laughs) his stump. Oh, uh, but it was kind of funny too. So I guess you know. I just thought it's like, do you really have to show us your shitty CGI not yeah. hand? Uh, did you know that there's actually a shot of him with a hand? No, in that yeah, in the episode, a bunch of people on Reddit pulled out screen captures of it. Huh. There's a shot with him, his real hand down in the bottom corner. Hmm. I do like the fact that they're going with the Ash route of having a yeah. ridiculously long prosthetic to hide the fact that he still does have a hand yeah. in actuality. They didn't go full CG on that. No. They, they did a prosthetic. They didn't go Lieutenant Dan on it. No. No, not at all. Um, I also thought it was funny that Merle is the only person on the planet Earth that would describe Daryl as the sweet as a sweet one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Daryl sweet. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the other interesting thing here is... He doesn't make any racist comments towards Michonne at all. Mm. Like, there's there's no acknowledgement of what a horrible racist he is. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if that's the governor's influence or if that's the show not wanting to go back to that well or what. Yeah, I, I don't know. Well, I think that clearly the governor has done something positive for... It seems like it. You know, moderated the worst of his... Uh, bullshit impulses, and uh, it, apparently yeah. it's a it's a work in progress. But still, he's certainly not a good guy at this point. No, but but he's not the horrible uh, racist dude that he was before. Right. At least we haven't seen that yet. Right. Now he might be masking it in the governor's presence as well. Right. So, um. So in the morning, uh, Andrea and Michonne get the tour of Woodbury, and we see that there are actually a bunch of people there. Uh, all sorts of people. Actually, it looked to me like there was uh, an uneven ratio of women to men here. Like I, I noticed a lot more women than men. A lot of feed, or not a lot of feedback, but a pretty good feedback about that. So okay. I'm not going to tread on that too. Can all I right. mention that I I'm continuing to hate Chris Hardwick? <laughs> well, but this is the second yeah. time in a row that I, that show has set kind of a somber to mo- mood, and he's mm-hmm. like. Michonne just beheaded her pets. Yeah. You know, headless pets is the new hashtag. I mean, come on. This show yeah. is a great idea. In fact, they should hire you and me to do it. They should. Except for, I don't, it just involve us making Glenn Mazzara cry week after week. <laughs> Glenn, will you come back on the show this week? <laughs> Fuck no. Fuck you. Four just, weeks in a row. He no way. rips his mic off and throws it on the ground. <laughs> but seriously, there's a way you yeah. can... You know, if, if you're going to be a studio stooge, there's a way you can do that and not be annoying and entertaining. Well, to be fair to Chris Hardwick, I don't think he knows when that is that promo is going to air. But AMC so, does. AMC does. Uh, the other thing is when he comes on, the volume is pumped because it's a commercial. Yes. So he's extra loud when yes. you have these quiet, soft, somber scenes. He's just screaming at me. Yeah. And I don't care. I don't care if. You know, it's not his fault. He is basically yeah. the waiter of this establishment, and I can't not tip his management, so I'm going to not tip him. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I think you could call up and complain to his management. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm going to start sending an email to his, like, unrelated projects, like the Nerdist. Like, Chris Hardwick, yeah. you suck. I hate you on the watching, the walking, the talking dead. You stole a podcast name, you dick. You might be picking a fight with someone who can probably hit a little harder than I we can. I don't care. 
I can. Uh, I'm not anyway. afraid of Chris Hardwick. Are you kidding me? <laughs> His listenership, man. They'll come after you. David Chin uh, didn't scare me. Neither did Chris Hardwick. <laughs> oh God. Oh, uh, okay. Um. So it looks like they're doing a lot of gardening and stuff here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see a lot of people moving around plants and stuff, and we get we get the feel that this is very much just a normal town from like before the apocalypse yeah um, it's like i thought i saw co- people rollerblading or something yeah. someone had like a bicycle helmet on they're i mean strolling down the street they're having you know, conversations you know what it reminded me of hmm. uh like when captain picard would beam down to a so-called utopian planet yeah. and they would do the little tour of like everything's normal here yeah. there's nothing crazy at all and then you'd find <laughs> and then wesley crusher would be put to death yeah he'd fall into a garden <laughs> and they'd string up a teenager and kill him and the yeah. ominous horns would play this it's like yeah we're this, this is a little stepford community for me yeah gotcha uh, uh, let me ask you this do you yeah. think the governor's offer of the extra food ammo Car, keys to a car is that genuine or if they called that in he'd be like whoosh, whoosh, and they'd be cut for some reason i feel like that part of it is genuine like he would have let them take a car uh, maybe not a car because a car seems overboard. ammo and food is mm-hmm. already seems reckless but i'm saying sh- their weapons like when michonne says we want our weapons yeah, oh i agree they'll be waiting at the he, gates you can go probably yeah. probably i think he would have let them leave with what they came in with which was basically nothing except their weapon all right uh, so then the rescued chopper guy uh, tells the governor how Atlanta fell, and he convinces him to give up the location of his buddies. Uh, he's laying there on the deathbed, and he gives him a promise that he'd bring his guys back and all this stuff. Of course, uh, we know how that turns out, mm-hmm. but so far, so good. This guy's trusting him. And that seems to be the governor's skill, is to get people to trust him, to blatantly lie right in their faces and have them believe what he says. Sure, sure. So, good skill to have in the zombie apocalypse, right? Where, where do you think that... Yes, and he's a consummate politician. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you this. Where do you think these military guys are from? Oh, um, I I didn't even consider it. Because I don't know. How, how long ago do you think that that outpost fell? Because to me, it seemed like just weeks away at most. Really? Okay. Yeah. Um, I was or thinking think it happened when Atlanta re- fell. Really? Honestly, yeah. You think this? I don't know. I just got the imp- opinion. You know, the, these okay. guys have been on the road with a helicopter that they don't have anyone really to service it for over for almost a year. Yeah, yeah. that's. I, I, I thought it's like you know maybe there's another out uh, a pocket. Then I mean, this goes. You know, here again, I'm kind of zombie apocalypse hater in that I don't think it could possibly happen. <laughs> and the way this yeah. guy describes it seemed like horseshit. Like. <laughs> We were yeah. sitting pretty. We had plenty of food and guns and walls, and one guy get bit, and then shit. You know, we flung open the gates, and ah, we made an interpose. Yeah. It's like, come on, man, come on. Well, you saw how well these guys were trained in this episode, right? <laughs> yeah, right. So maybe it did happen like that, right? But I, I, I feel you. Yeah, it might not be a year that they've been out there. It It'd might be funny if people are like. Uh, <laughs> You know, uh, keep your guns trained on him. He's got a bad British accent. (laughs) Uh, Never trust a Scotsman. (laughs) Yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, um, So then the governor goes to the lab uh, where his scientist is working. I forget this guy's name. Do you have it? Uh, Yeah, hold on a second. Okay. Um, And he gets the latest research. You know what? I I called him Poindexter. That's not his (laughs) real name. I was like, I got his name. Oh, no, that's not it. No. Uh, So he's getting the latest info on Michonne's pets. Uh, He's been doing some research on him. 
Uh, and Merle tells him that Andrea was with another group, which I think is actually a very important part of this episode. Um, he explains what Michonne was doing with her pets and warns that it's not a good idea to leave Andrea with Merle. Um, or leave Andrea to Merle, I guess. Mm. Bad blood there. So, yeah, obviously, you know, these guys have been antagonizing each other for a while. Yep. Um, Someone said on Reddit that Merle here mentions, and I didn't pick this up, but he mentions that, uh, or I'm sorry, the Poindexter guy mentions that Merle has been getting into his stash. Mm-hmm. So has Merle been using his drugs and that's what he's pissed about? He said he got into his stash? Th- that's what somebody on Reddit said. I thought he said he I, he was smoking in the lab and that's what pissed him off. Uh, yeah, you're right. So right. The guy on Reddit's crazy then. Or maybe he's just making a joke about he's smoking his green. Maybe. People <laughs> 95% of the gardening going on is farming marijuana <laughs> in Woodbridge. That's why everybody's chill. Yeah, probably. Uh, all right. Uh, do you have anything else to say about the scene? I hope so. Uh, the governor sticking his fingers in the zombie mouth. Why? Unnecessary. Just, uh, just really gross, and it gave you know gave you your first inkling of him being a little, little unhinged. Yeah. Um, when are we going to talk about how this guy looks and sounds exactly like Liam Neeson? I think now's the <laughs> perfect point. Okay, good. Because man, this guy looks and sounds like Liam Neeson. He really does. Like the, the way him, he says anything, he's like he doesn't pronounce words correctly, but he no. pronounces them just like Liam Neeson. Right, Anakin, anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was waiting for him to give his midichlorian count. Right, honestly, the doctors checked your blood. Your midichlorian count is off the charts. Uh, so I thought it was actually smart of this guy to listen to his scientific advisor. Mm-hmm. Like, he may not be the smartest guy in the village or whatever, but he is smart enough to listen to the people who are smarter. Right. So he's well aware that Merle is not necessarily compatible with Andrea, but he knows that to keep Merle in line, I think, mm. he's got to give him, show him some trust. Yeah, and also, I thought that was honestly some strong leadership, how he put yeah. Merle in check but didn't give the Poindexter character, he didn't let him off the hook either. Yeah. He's like, look, I expect this from Merle. He's a fucking idiot. Look at him. But you, you should know better to keep poking keep this poking guy. Keep poking yeah. You're going to get, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So. He had to bust out his, I have a very particular set of skill speech to keep him in check. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, so then we go to breakfast with the Govda and Poindexter and Andrea Michonne. Uh, Michonne uh, apparently knew her pets is, is what Poindexter theorizes. Yeah. Um, and the governor lays out his rosy plan for Woodbury, uh, which we know is a crock of shit. Can I – there's a lot of things about Poindexter here to bother me. First of all, I swear to God, when they showed him from the side view, it looked like he was wearing pajamas. Yes. Like he yeah. was wearing not just pajamas. A blazer pajamas. and pajamas. Yeah, like, like a like – a, like, um, you know uh, – Big like Hugh Hefner silk style. Mr. Ward style yeah. pajamas with like leather slippers. <laughs> yeah. Like he should have had a pipe. That and also – bastard. I think he was looking to make time with Andrea, like mm. like like playing the dating game with them. But somehow his line of questioning led him to believe that she was a lesbian. What? Yeah, you may be reading too far into this scene. No, no, because he said he said uh, you know uh, it's, so you've lost someone close to you. 
Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, we, we hate calling it because we're afraid that, uh, you know, we're afraid to call them him. And then she, like, looked at him. He's like, her? Oh, my mistake. You know? Oh. I thought he thought. So that, he's thinking lover, now, not sister. Yeah. And now and okay. he's looking at Michelle and Andrea with their Thelma and Louise uh, act. And yeah. he's putting two to two together and coming up with five. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He may be. He may be drawing the wrong conclusion there. Yeah. I, I mean, that's just the impression I got. Um so, what yeah. do you think about his theory about traces of the person they still are? We saw some hints of that in season one. We did, yeah. Um, I think that's definitely part of this show. I, I think they're taking a cue from Romero, like I've said before. I wish they'd explore that more because I find that part about zombies to be part of the, you know, that's what is extra creepy. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, and it adds a certain. Um, like wait to killing them, I guess, mm-hmm. because like Herschel was trying to claim in season two, they're not just monsters. They're still the people that you knew and loved. Mm. So slicing their heads off like Michonne did this episode, if that's true, is uh, a much weightier thing. Sure. Um, let's move on. Yeah. Uh, Michonne doesn't trust the governor as they're walking through the strolling through the streets of Woodbury. But I think Andrea's getting pretty used to the easy life here. She's like, yeah, let's take a little while and rest up. And she's agreeing with the governor. Okay. And yes, I'm going to continue to say governor. The governor. I like it. (laughs) Uh, Eventually, we're going to have to get you to use your Rick accent to say governor. (laughs) That's when things get dicey. I don't think. See, here's the thing. I don't feel. I don't feel Rick when I say governor. Mm Mm-hmm. Like there's a, some phrases you say like you know we spilt blood, yeah. that will cry out for the Rick treatment. You know we spilled yeah. blood, but Governor, I don't need like go- I don't know how I don't know how I pro- I don't know how to say that like Rick. All right, Governor, it'll just have to come to you one episode. Like I need to go. And we'll s- wait until Rick actually says Governor. I need to go back and find a clip of George W. Bush saying the word Governor. <laughs> there and you I think go. Then I could probably nail it. I think so. Good plan. Um. Yeah, so that's just a, a small scene there, them walking and talking. Um, next, we go over to the, uh, the camp where the helicopter came from and all these dudes. Uh, Qui-Gon pulls up in a Nissan. Liam. Liam pulls mm-hmm. up in a Nissan. Liam Nissan? Mm-hmm. I don't think that's a coincidence. <laughs> Seriously, Not is it Nissan? Nissan? He, he pulls up in a Nissan, yeah. No joke. <laughs> uh, totally. And... He tells them that they found their friend, and when he gains their trust, his sniper team kills everybody. Yeah. Just unloads. This... Let's talk about the incompetence here. Oh, <laughs> okay. First, um, incompetence in the National Guardsmen. Yep. The yep. fact that, you know, they didn't get a shot off. Like, no, not a single shot. It would have been, I think, I, I kind of I feel like someone should have at least taken a bullet. Yeah. And the way they frame this... The governor was prancing around in the middle mm-hmm. like William Defoe's character <laughs> from goddamn Boondock Saints. Yeah, he was. Like, there's these guys doing these ballet of death on either side, and it was, it was a horribly composited shot. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's a lot of ways they could have done it better without it making the military guys look like goons and the governor yeah. kind of look like an, an idiot. Like, hit the I dirt, agree, man. Totally. Hit the dirt. There's six killers behind you raining down lead death. <laughs> yeah, you might want to duck. Yeah. No, I 
I had a real problem with that even on the first viewing. I was like, this is not believable. It didn't improve on subsequent viewings, let me tell you. No, no, no. But normally I don't catch really dumb things right. like that on the first viewing because I'm just not looking for them. Right. But, man, that time I did. But I just, I like I said, that one shot where he's standing there walking towards the camera and there's, like, three guys doing a twisting yeah. as they're falling off. And, like, it's just really bad. Yeah, and then uh, what's-his-face, no-shirt guy, just falls over. He doesn't even get shot. <laughs> he just falls down dead, heart attack. Right. Uh, so let's talk about why he kills these guys. Why do you think he kills them instead of integrating them into the group? You know, the only thing I can figure is this this governor guy, it, it seems like he, you know, he gives these, these speeches about survival and all this, but what he really yeah. gets off on is power. I agree. 100%. And is he going to risk somebody that has rank in the U.S. Army? Because if, if one thing we know from watching all this, you know, movies and Battlestar Galactic and everything is that, like, all military people are power mad. <laughs> of course. Gotta run things uh, lunatics, yeah. right? So Definitely. I'm sure as a power mad, gotta run things lunatic himself, he's thinking, man, if I let these guys in these walls... You know, it's not going to be too long before they're grumbling about, oh, we should be running this stuff. We're yeah. the military, blah, blah, blah. So I think he killed them ex- just so he could hold on to his own his own uh, power. I agree. The expansion that he talks about, going outside the walls and uh, liberating other cities and other people. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, that's, that's empire. Yeah, that's an empire. That's not liberation. He's, Hell yeah. He wants to be the king of this new world. Hell yeah. And these military guys don't fit in with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also think, because like I said before, there were a disproportionate amount of women in that town, I also think that would have thrown off the balance that he set up there. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's he's running a very tight ship, and those guys did not fit in. Oh, yeah. So I'm with you. Right. Definitely. Uh, so when they get back, the governor announces that they found the others, but then he lies to everyone's faces about what happened, and he blames the massacre on the zombies. He's a consummate? A uh, politician, man. Yeah. That's exactly what he is. Yeah, he played it. Uh, I also like how he mentions, oh, they didn't have our walls, our fences. Like, mm-hmm. you're safe here because of me. Because of me, exactly. Uh, but out there, it's chaos. <laughs> you know? I forgot to mention the governor's line to uh, not Glenn. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, I'm going to call I'm going to call the silent black dude, not Tyrese. Uh, for okay. obvious reasons, and he's not Glenn. His his line, we had to rewind it and eventually turn on subtitles to figure out what he's saying because it <laughs> yeah. sounded like he said, "Go put, go pull a muscle in that young man's knees." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, he said, "Put a merciful into that young man's days." I yeah. yeah, that wasn't the line reading he gave. I felt like I was watching Crank there for a minute where. You know, people speaking all kinds of crazy languages, and the subtitles were completely random. I didn't know what was going on. Yeah, that was that was a tough one to get. So uh, I thought Poindexter uh, looked pretty uneasy in his uh, pajamas over there, and Michonne looks. You're never going to get this. <laughs> you're never going to guess. She looked pissed, pissed off. off. Yep, beyond all rational thought. Yeah, at some point we noticed that Andrea and Michonne were having a face off. Right? Yeah, like they were both looking at each other with. Andrea had her normal face on, and right. Michonne had the front face, Right, and they were just looking at each other. Pretty funny. <laughs> uh, so we have that scene, and there, there's kind of a look there between Andrea and Michonne when, when he's talking about the zombies attacking them, uh, this group, and it seemed like Andrea wasn't buying that for a second, but then she goes right into uh, 
on the governor's side mode. After yeah. that, she goes and walks and talks with him. Well, I, I, what do you think Andrea's doing here? Is Andrea making a play? Is she? I think Andrea, as she's watching, I just think Andrea's completely taken in. She thinks this think? guy is like Rick. He's, he's like Rick on speed, man. <laughs> he's just like Rick to the nth degree. You think? You don't think there's any A more successful of- version. A more successful, more decisive, sexier, <laughs> equally muddled accent version of Rick, man. Yeah. He'd yeah. probably kill a wolf, I'd have to guess. <laughs> oh, several. <laughs> yeah. Several. Uh, yeah, so you don't think she's playing him at all? Trying to pump information out of him? I... Because I got that vibe in a couple of scenes. Really? Early on in, in their interactions, yeah. Maybe it just speaks to my... Because I... Kind of came around very late in the season on Andrea that, like, as I really detested her all throughout the first um, yeah. part of season. Especially season when she shot Daryl. Yeah, and then, like, she's kind of won me over towards the end. But still, I'm, I'm right on the edge where I'm ready to hate on her again. <laughs> okay. um, and I just feel like maybe that's the baggage I'm bringing to this character, but I don't feel like Andrea is capable of that kind of subtlety. She's the guy, she's yeah, the woman yeah. who pulls guns on and holds on, you know, guns to people's heads. If she just, I mean, she just doesn't mm-hmm. have that, that, uh, calculating gear. I don't think. Yeah. And I think it's more interesting to have her and Michonne torn apart by this. Yeah. Uh, emotionally conflicted over it. Yes. Having this, uh, ambiguity about this governor and that driving a wedge between it. Now, the only thing that's, yeah. that's slightly, uh, the only thing that's slightly uh, a problem with it is that I don't know enough about Michonne to really care or be anything but put yeah. off by how silent and pissy she is. And let's talk about that. I mean, she's been in two of the last three episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, she was very, very briefly in the finale of last season. But there's been no character development yet. I mean, no. we, we, we know, okay, she's a badass swordsman, but we don't know why. Right. Uh, and we also know that those pets were somehow important to her. Right. Um, I'm hoping they'll develop that story further so that we do have some sort of background for her. Um, but until they do, it's hard to feel much toward her. Sure, sure. Uh, just just like the same problem we've been having with T-Dog. And that's another the thing. The entire time. We don't know, know anything about him. We were really praising the jump ahead, but it does leave some, you know, kind of plot hole things. For example, the fact that Andrea and her relationship is kind of weird. Yeah. Like, if you're together literally every day, you're sleeping probably in the same room. You haven't moved beyond, like, uh, so where'd you get these zombies? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Do I know anything besides your name? Uh-huh. I mean, have they told jokes? Have they... They haven't like, had time to talk. They've been on the run. <laughs> man, I don't know. That just... That just... It beggars... It, it uh, beggars the imagination, as they say. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, it seems like they've jumped ahead in the show timeline, but not the character timeline. Right. These These relationships haven't developed more than... Uh, a, a week or so. Well, they did, and I think that worked really well for Rick's group because we saw the trajectories they were on. Yeah. And then that just continued. Mm-hmm. And maybe it even works for Andrea because we kind of saw her trajectory and, you know, she's continued being that strong, you know, badass character that, mm-hmm. that we were starting to appreciate. Michonne's just a cipher. Yeah. And she's still a cipher. So what the hell? I don't know. Uh, so the last scene, we get the governor in his house. He walks through his uh, bedroom or whatever, and uh, a girl laying there, and he looks at a picture of his 
Well, what I assume is his wife and his daughter. That's that's the uh, tour guide, right? Uh, it might have been. I, I thought so. They both had black hair. <laughs> if that's any indication. No, I'm pretty sure the girl in his bed was the okay. enthusiastic tour guide. Um, and then he uh, he sees the picture, uh, and then he goes into this room. And he sits down and he pours himself a drink. Pans over and oh man, the big reveal! Oh yeah, the wall of zombie heads! Oh yeah, wow, that's messed up. Uh, right out of the comics too. That was yeah, one of the yeah. things I said last season in the spoiler segment. It's like I wonder, you know, how far they'll go and how messed up things will get at the governor's. So far, so good. Now, why do you think? Okay, why do you think he killed the pilot? Is same reason? I honestly don't know. I don't know what those heads mean because I haven't read that far in the comic. Because he had Michonne's two zombies mm-hmm. in there. They conspicuously showed the pilot, so we wouldn't yep. be left in the illusion that he left them alive. I, I think that the soldiers as a group would be a threat, but just one of them, you'd think he'd be... Uh, I mean, does he only accept guys into that compound if they personally owe him something? I don't know. I, don't, I really don't know. We don't have a lot to, to go no. on, on on the governor either. No, this is all... In my opinion, this episode is really just setting up the confrontation between the what I see as an inevitable confrontation between Rick and him. Oh, yeah. Because at some point, we've got to get Andrea and Michonne back with the regular group, right? Yes. Um, and, and in this episode, they make it very clear that he kills these groups of people who are outside of his compound. Mm-hmm. And now Merle knows that Andrea was with a group of people, which right. was Rick. Right. And... They've got to be around in the area somewhere. Yep. And now the governor knows that. Yep. So he's going to be on the hunt for them, for yep. sure. For sure. Um, like you said, it is inevitable. So this picture, he obviously had a wife and daughter at some point, mm-hmm. um, or so it appears. Uh, and it doesn't seem like they're around anymore. So. No. I don't know where that's going. Or, but... or she's a super understanding. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she's in the other room watching the real TV. Did you notice the hair color of his of his wife? No, blonde. What significance is that? Guess who else is blonde? Andrea. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, They're setting up a triangle between Poindexter and I, and the governor. I think yeah. I'm pretty sure who would win that. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Uh, what do you think the governor's hang up about his name is? You mean the, some nicknames stick even. Whether you want it's to, in fact, or not. he refused and almost got like a little, little batch, little uh, crazy when she pushed about, you know, never say never, and he comes back like never, you know, kind of like uh, Doctor Evil did with the uh, how about no, <laughs> he freaky deaky psych or whatever. It's yeah. like he like walked all the way back, got in her face, and said never. Yeah, uh, I don't know what his hang up about that is. I don't know. I think he just desperately wants to not be called Qui-Gon. First person who calls him Qui-Gon is beheaded, (laughs) goes in a tank. Uh, All right. Okay. That's it for the episode. That is. That's where we end it. This was a very, I mean, we really shot through the, uh, uh, what do you call it, the the recap, because it was a very dense dialogue, but not a lot happened. Yeah. Yeah. We were introduced to some characters, Mm -hmm. and Merle came back. Mm -hmm. So some cool stuff happened. Sure. just... Yeah, not a whole lot to discuss. Uh, what did you think of the episode overall? Because we forgot to do that up front. I'll give it an eight, seven and a half to eight. Okay, that's fair. I mean, I'm saying that the first two were, like, the first one is a solid nine. 
maybe even a smidge better. The second one yeah. was about a zero until the last 15 minutes, and it clawed its way back to eight, eight and a half. This was not quite as good as those two. Yeah. But right. still um, solid, and I liked. Yeah, I mean, I liked, yeah, I liked finding out about Woodbury and all that stuff. And, and you always have to have these setup episodes, right? Yes. I mean, I feel like they did a setup episode about as well as you can do it. Oh sure. I wasn't. I was not bored during no. this episode at all. Oh no. So for setup to do that, I feel like it succeeds. So I'm giving it at least an eight. Yeah, I almost. I, you know, Merle coming back and being part of this. It seems like it fits, but they wasted a lot of time on him, and we kind of moved past Merle, right? We, you know, that it was a loose end and all that, uh, but that inf- I, I feel like that could have been better the, put to use with Andrea and Michonne. Well, I think the key to Merle coming back is not anything we saw this episode. It's going to be what happens when he gets back with Daryl. Right. That's what we really want to see. So I think it's key that we have moved past Merle, because I think Daryl's moved past Merle, and when they are rejoined, what's going to happen? Right, and that's going to make it interesting, in my opinion. So I- I'm all on board with that. Hmm. Yeah, I just it just bugs me how almost patronizing Andrea was of Michonne, and how one dimensional huh. Michonne was. Yeah, she's yeah. literally like either glowering or like we want our weapons back. Yeah, so Definitely. she's got like the female version of the Batman voice. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, she's going to have to fight an undead beast. My shit's always been soon. together. Shit never got apart. All My right. shit's together forever. <laughs> Should we do some feedback? Because uh, I hear we have a substantial amount. We do. We do. Uh, first, I've cut uh, poor Dave uh, Maresca's feedback like two consecutive weeks. I'm, I'm feeling bad All right. uh, for various reasons. I want to give a shout out to his podcast. Uh, he's got his own little uh, podcast empire, dvmpe.com. Oh yeah, I've checked them out. Yeah, and if you like they they do uh, some shows that are in the same kind of, you know, they do a fringe cast, an American horror cast. So if you're a fan yeah. of those shows and uh, you want to give them a a, a look see, please do that. dvmpe.com. Uh, moving on to the feedback, Richard C. This is stuff from last week, as always. Um, okay. Richard C. says, uh, talks about Lori because we had some Lori defenders last week. He said, the reason for me to Lori is irredeemable is that I'm unable to separate her from the shit show that was season two. Yeah. That season was painfully obvious. The writers had no idea what they were doing with her character. There was no logic to her. She only existed to cause conflict. And in doing so, she contradicted herself every other line. It was downright unwatchable. So she's... He is saying that, you know, maybe Lori this season is fine, but she's got such a huge hole because the writers used her as, you know, almost like a like a like a hair shirt, like an irritant yeah. just to piss off characters and get them, you know, put at odds towards each other. Sure. I I could definitely see that because that's exactly what she did last time. So to me too, she annoyed the piss out of me. Uh, he said uh, his other take was he thinks that Carol is non-zombie apocalypse hot. If I were Daryl, I'd be putting my arrows in that quiver every chance I got. Really, Richard's not even qualifying that wow. shit. He's like, you know, game on. Fair enough. <laughs> to each their own. Uh, Kevin R said, "Could Rick? Oh, the only reason I read this is because I knew you'd love it." Oh boy. Could Rick and Lori's relationship be saved if she gave Rick some Preger sex? 
And I'm, what? I'm gonna love no, that. Say, just buckle All right. in. All right. And what if the baby is a zombie? Could it go yeah. after Rick's nightstick during the act? And what if it did? Oh, yeah. That's what I want to see next episode. He said, uh, <laughs> "Like, isn't that like like there's a." A legitimate phobia, man. That's a thing, like the vagina denta, like the fact that yeah, they, yeah. they got the teeth. Yeah, have, have you seen the? Uh, I think the movie's called Teeth. Yes, yeah, I haven't seen that one. Up. No part of that. Uh, you know what would have been perfect? The perfect episode to show that is when Jenner had that X-ray machine. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh god. <laughs> uh, he also said, "What's the over/under on the baby having massive pecs when it's born?" <laughs> I'm gonna give it. Uh, 50%. Forget the pecs. What about the lobes? Yeah, yeah, the lobes are where it's at. It's going to look like a f- zombie Ferengi with giant pecs. <laughs> Michelle K says, uh, uh, just uh, love your podcast. Just tuned in recently. Someone who emailed you regarding Herschel slash Scott Wilson getting a DUI and possibly leading uh, yes. to his demise on the show. We totally missed this. We did. Mm-hmm. Uh um, but to give you some background info, Scott Wilson, the actor who plays Herschel, actually did get arrested recently for a DUI. And it seems like the email writer is speculating that his character might be killed off on the show to avoid embarrassment for AMC and The Walking Dead producers. Now, we got this email yeah. several times. Michelle Kay won the uh, first in the gate uh, marath- uh-huh. uh, sprint, so she, she gets read. Yeah, and they did this with Michelle Rodriguez from Lost, apparently. Uh, yeah, uh, She got the DUI there in Hawaii. And, and they're like, oh, we don't need this gone. kind of stuff. Uh, so yep. I don't know whether this is like method acting for him or what, but... <laughs> I don't know. She says, I can't speak for either AMC or The Walking Dead's producers and what they feel about one of the characters getting arrested, but Scott Wilson's out-of-work recklessness may not play a part in a producer's decision to keep him or let him go if he plays an important part in the show. Hollywood and entertainment world can be quite forgiving of celebrities' run-ins in a law. We only <laughs> need to look at the comeback kids like Robert Downey Jr. to prove this. Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen. <laughs> uh, Robert Duff, you can't get enough, but Duff says, I just listened to the most... Oh, wait. What? I just listened to the most episode where one of you guys expressed your annoyance with angry zombies. Most recent. Most recent. Yeah. Ah, I must have deleted a word there. Uh, indicating they should be emotionless. I don't quite agree. I'm actually a PhD student in psychology, and I've done several special lectures on the neurobiology oh. of zombies. By special lectures, is this like at 1 o'clock in the morning to a dorm full of cats? <laughs> or, I mean, <laughs> no. what, what is a special lecture in academia? I don't know. Oh, uh, boy. I can't see the f- world's foremost scientists packing out the doors for a zombie talk. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> you don't have to don't have to make fun of the guy. I'm not making Come fun on, of him. Cats need to be educated, too. <laughs> What are you, <laughs> catist, Jim? Come on. No, no Just because you're thing. allergic to him. Actually, yeah, I hate cats. Uh, <laughs> That's going to give me some, some feedback. Hey, uh, wow, I can next feel week. our ratings plummet. Some H mail. Uh, without getting too much detail, it seems like the zombie virus knocks out several parts of the brain involved in higher order thinking, coordinated movement, etc. In absence of a functioning frontal lobe, which is what makes us human, the brain is essentially driven by another structure. I think zombies are actually closer to alligators who are driven by their am- Oh, my God. Amygdala? Uh, 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 Amygdala? Queen Amygdala? <laughs> yeah. Well, we've already got one Star Wars guy in Why here. Why not? Sure. So, Natalie Portman's driving a brain. Yeah. Uh, in humans, when our Natalie Portman tells us to rage, we have higher-order structures that tell us to calm down and operate reasonably. So, basically, I think it's very likely that mostly all zombies would be angry when we see them on screen. They roam around in herds with that much stimulation, but when they see food... Or get stimulated by sound, their 
Queen Amidala throws them into a rage reaction, much like a crocodile, and they have no way to self-regulate. Are, right. Do crocodiles just rage and piss and tear things up all the time? The, uh, I, apparently. Uh, I will believe what he's saying in this email. Crocodiles are the most angry this... reptile in all of the animal kingdom. Yeah. They should be. Look at them. Mm. I'd be pissed, too. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to give this guy the benefit of the doubt. He obviously knows a hell of a lot more what he's talking about than I do. Um, I don't think... When I said that they should be silent, I was saying not from like scientifically. I'm just saying that's what I prefer, right? You know, because it makes it more intense. Whatever. I also think it's just creepy to see like a blank emotionless stare as someone's tearing into your midsection. Yeah, Yeah. but I I do like the explanation that he gives here. Oh yeah, I read through that email. It was it was really solid. See, I'll read zombie science when it's coming from a PhD psychologist. Yes, and make fun of it and insert. Star Wars jokes. <laughs> Just because I can't pronounce Amigadala, though. <laughs> so, anyway. Yeah. Uh, Mark P. says, Hey there. Mark from Ar- Auburn, Alabama here. Enjoy your show very much. I've heard you mention there will be 13 episodes in Season 3. I could swear I read somewhere reputable that Season 3 will have more episodes, either 16 or 19. You are correct, sir. Yeah. We are effed in the A, and it's actually 16 episodes, presumably 8 now and 8 later. Yeah, I just assumed it was like last season. Last, last season. Yeah, but, but Breaking Bad's doing the same thing in their final season, so sure, sure. makes sense. Um, Tommy A says, quick comment about the governor's accent. It was worse than Andrew Lincoln's. The scene where they take out the soldiers was horrendous. But he, no, he did a great Liam Neeson. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Agreed. BuckyFan77 said the survivors have been driving around here for the past seven months and they didn't run into Woodbury. It's survivors. The Woodbury group appears to have been driving and scavenging items and our survivors never bumped into them or the town. We don't know how far away these folks are. That's true. And in fact, it seems likely that they might be quite a ways away because, well, we'll find out, I guess, when we're all when when I don't know. Yeah, well, they drove them back from the helicopter crash site. Um, that was a ways, but, but, but we don't know. Lori and Andrea could be, or not Lori and Andrea, Jesus, that would be, <laughs> oh, uh, Michonne and Andrea. We have yeah. no idea how far away they've, they've been walking for eight months. That's true. If they went in the opposite direction, then, and Rick's group has been potentially, they could be 16 month travel away from right. the survivors. I mean, they could be a hundred miles away. I, I can, oh, yeah. it's, it's a lot harder than you think to bump into the people like that. So, yep. Uh, Erin wrote in uh, episode 303, annoyed the piss out of me. Did anyone else think it's super hokey? We talked about it being on the verge of hokey on several occasions. And, yes, it did transgress into hokiness uh, yeah. a few times. Uh, so these are current week's emails? Yes. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I crossed a Rubicon yeah. um, as of uh, Tommy A's uh worse than Andrew Lincoln's. We're, we're into okay. news season. I assumed so. show but... episode. Uh, really, was the episode 303? Is that what It was that off? and uh, the governor. Yeah. Everything about this episode was cheesy and felt poorly done, continues E-Ren. Lori and Michonne hiding in the woods. They were like 20 feet away from the governor. The governor was a fern. I could go <laughs> yeah. on with all the cheese from this episode, but I will end this ranty rant by saying the end was cool. Some people keep fish in their fish tanks. Others keep severed zombie heads. Hmm. I thought that was surprisingly understated. Like, I was expecting those heads to be moving around a lot more than they did. In fact, most of them seemed like they were dead dead. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Only a few um, of them had eyes moving or, like, yeah, mouths. Yeah, some of them definitely were. Right. Not sure. Uh, James F. 
C, C says, maybe going on a limb here, but like this of Aaron should only do podcasts or the three fingers of scotch on an empty stomach. The man got double-digit likes on this Facebook comment. <laughs> okay. So he was happy with your... He was happy with uh, my... Inebriation yeah, levels. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Last episode. I didn't make okay. it all the way through last week's podcast, so I'll have to take his word on it. Yeah. I had a... A troubled relationship with alcohol this weekend, so I'm taking. I'm, I'm, I'm just. I'm. I'm having a uh, chaste glass of red wine tonight. Okay. Very classy. Very nice. Uh, for a show talking about a baby chomping on a man's <laughs> dick from the inside <laughs> of a womb. Very classy. Yeah. Uh, Eric C says it's like the show has a gale, except he makes tea instead of coffee, and you like this. Uh, Thomas, Thomas E says dead man's brew on oh, the walking God. dead. No, no, <laughs> please stop. Point Dexter too much is, dead man's brew. Point Dexter is pretty Gaelish though, isn't he? That's yeah. Yeah. A lot of people are getting the Gale vibe from that guy and I don't blame him because I mean, he's a, he's a smart dude just like Gale was. He's a scientist. Uh, he's brewing up tea versus coffee. A lot of comparisons there. Trisha DB says, I wish Michonne had done more than just give everyone on town the stink eye and Andrea had not been so willing and ready to curl up in the governor's lap like a puppy. We all know the governor is supposed to have a menacing edge to him, but this actor is coming off like a, uh, as bland. The best part of the episode had to be Merle's entrance. Who could mistake that voice? Andrew certainly did not. I'd pass out too. <laughs> Heather W-S says, I totally play the role of the governor's concubine. that landed me a safe place to live somewhere comfortably with warm showers and food. Don't judge me. He's <laughs> looking pretty hot in this zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Well, all right. Uh, you know, we talked about the female to male ratio. Juwan TD uh, chimed in, or Juan, Juwan? No, it's Juwan. Uh, there seems to be a lot more women, and I mean young, nubile, and fine women there than men. There. Mm-hmm. Also, that woman who was singing the praises of the governor and his men, uh, which might be the same girl who is in bed with him, that's what I think, mm-hmm. uh, was talking as though she was complicit in the new normal. She said they only had 74 people in town with enough resources they could hold a lot more, but the survivors of the governor the governor killed were all men, but Andrew and Michonne were kept alive. Yeah. Do you think, you know, now we've got the listener's take on it, What do you actually think there is a little bit of uh, yeah. breeding operation going on yeah, here? Yeah, definitely. That's why I think Poindexter was wanting to interview. Because I think I think there's Andrea. a whole subtext, yeah. a whole like it wasn't about the interrogation. Hmm. It's just like, are you sure you want to give this job to a hammer? He's won the Velvet Glove, <laughs> the hammer, <laughs> Merle the Hammer. Dixon. That's right, right. Uh, okay, in that light, yeah, I think there's more going on here in those conversations than than I first thought. All right. Uh, she said the continuing, um, isn't there something in there? He said rather. also when she's giving the tour where she talks about someone being pregnant. Yeah. Getting um, ready to pop. And they're, they're all encouraging and yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't like how, or I like how they didn't play the governor as a straight up evil character from the beginning. It'll make from interesting drama later. Agreed. Yeah. I want to see just how evil he gets. Oh yeah. See how dark they're willing to take him. I'm curious about that as well. Levi R. says, did anyone else catch that Andrea is literally drinking the Kool-Aid, in parentheses, tea? I thought yeah, yeah. I, I thought when we were watching that that there was some kind of nefarious agent in the tea because the governor's like, I keep you around for this tea. And I'm like, okay, ha, ha, ha. Uh-huh. But then when he's so insistent on drink that tea, yeah. I'm like, holy crap, is it going to have like LSD or truth serum or some crazy stuff in it? I don't know. I 
I remember I, I couldn't help but focus on the device that he was using to pour the tea. <laughs> that thing where you just put it on top of the cup yeah. and push down. Because I had one of those a while no. back. Oh yeah, yeah. What's I got the really point? into tea. It's what? very because you brew it inside of that, and then okay. you just dispense it by pressing it on top of the cup. Why wouldn't you just pour it out? Because then you get leaves and stuff in it. This has a so filter. the leaves are floating on top. Yeah, the leaves are still in there. Couldn't you just brewing. pour it through a screen? Yes, you could get the traditional tea stuff with the screen and the ball and all that stuff. Man, this is this a way gym you don't need trap. It. This is a gym trap. This is exactly the kind of thing you go crazy for. No, this, this way you don't need to clean a screen. None of that stuff. You, when you're done with it, when the tea's empty, you simply wash it out with water. Oh, yeah, that spring-loaded mechanism that dispenses tea never gets filthy. No, never. <laughs> well, I threw mine it, away after a month. <laughs> That's also quintessential gym. Yes, it is. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, Daniel M. wonders, was that the chopper we saw previously flying over Atlanta? Surely not. Mm, it's been in the air a long time. It's, if that's eight, the case. Like, it's been flying eight months without any kind of sub- grounds, real ground support, if that's the case. Well, you got to wonder, was it at that outpost flying over? Oh, and yeah. Before they that's got like overrun. its job is to find survivors. Yeah. Maybe you're right. Yeah, so it might be. You okay. could be right about that. Um, yeah, so that's plausible. What do you think about his the pilot statement is the chopper got beat up in a riot? Really? Is that what he said? Yeah, he said the, the 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 chopper got pretty beat up in the riot, but we wanted to risk flying the you know traffic jam and the you know. Well, that pretty much says that they haven't been flying this thing around for eight months. No, but I mean, I that if my theory is correct and the walls fell like a couple, a couple weeks, weeks ago, ago, yeah, then they yeah. could risk a trip. Well, that they've been no, they've been flying for several months because they had the support of the base. But after the riot broke out, I'm just thinking a bunch of people are like beating on the helicopter and that damaged it. Like, come yeah. on, man. Yeah, I, I don't buy that at all. Um, Daniel continues. This episode gave a serious lost vibe. I kind of felt like I was watching the mm. others in the Dharma and the Dharma Initiative. I'm mm. not a big lost yeah. fan. Did you get that vibe? Uh, yeah, I, I mean. That's kind of the generic vibe there is something is not right mm. with these people. Uh, so, yeah, definitely. Uh, Brad D says, man, I hate Andrew so much. She annoys me every time I see her. This episode is no different. The flirtatiousness with the governor was not needed. Hmm. So he's reading into that. Eric T called uh, the governor, said, I love the wall of talking heads, but it's totally a Futurama ripoff. Uh. <laughs> it would be funny if one of them was labeled like Al Gore or something. <laughs> yeah, nice. Philip Z says it just mirrors the Woodbury crew, almost a mirror image of the male Atlanta survivors. We've got the governor, Rick, Merle, Daryl, Stephen, the troubled doctor with a conscious, Herschel, a rather formidable looking black guy without any lines, T-Dog, and a nervous Asian <laughs> male who gets stuck running errands, Glenn. Yeah. If it turns out the governor had a son who wandered off because no one was paying attention, we'd almost have the full set. No Lori, thankfully, in that group. Well, he's only considering the male population. Oh, okay. Um... Lori would be the tour guide if she was just totally talking shit about the governor the whole time. It's not really this great. Yeah. He could do, be doing a lot more. <laughs> I, I like Philip better. <laughs> uh, Andy E says, I'm calling bullshit on a bunch of soldiers, all whom are cocked and loaded. Assume could be well-trained in gunplay, not getting off a single round in the, uh, on the gov when he was yeah. that much exposed. And given there was a distinct pause before the rest of Woodbury crew opened fire. Yeah. That again... 
I don't know who directed this episode, but not the same guys who directed the first two episodes because they could do action. Yeah. This guy, not so good at doing action. No. Um, Trisha DB says she didn't like the Woodbury or Woodbury set so much. Even at night, it looked very much like a set. The prison was rendered much better. Yeah. Why do I feel like that's true? I, it feels it's like not. a set. It is a actual town. And we've but, had but multiple people email. I know. Like it does set. look, it does look Hollywood backlotish. Yeah. I don't know why. Uh, the captain Albano said as someone who thought that look, look uh, we're talking about, we, we, I forgot to mention this, but. Um, now we've met Merle. There's yeah. no way the guy watching Carol doing, you know, the zombie peep show in the previous episode is Merle. There's no Pro- acting way. No, probably not. The way he's acting. Uh, so I mentioned that on thread and she ran with it. Uh, she says, there's no way it could be him. Could it be a friendly human, an enemy human, or even a walker? If the lurker recognized Carol as friendly, I wouldn't think they would stay hidden. What do you think? If it's a walker, I don't think it stays hidden. Plus, we've never um, seen the point of view of a walker before. Exactly. Um, yeah, if it's friendly, I don't think it stays hidden. And uh, the enemy is the only option here. Uh-huh. Something I, – I don't want to talk about the previews for next week. We'll save it till spoiler section. Yeah. So Moving on, Brandon G. from Georgia said, I've been hearing a lot of chatter on whether or not Randall from Season 2 isn't from the governor's group. I have to say no. In episode 8 of season 2, Nebraska, Dave refers to the zombies as lame brains. In the past episode, the governor's crew referred to them as biters. So I don't think that Randall Mm. is from their group, despite popular belief. I like it. Is the zombie etymology the, you know, is that like a conclusive myth-busted kind of thing? Uh, Definitely not, but it does lend some credence to it. Uh, Plus, where are they at now? You know, where's the farm in relation to Uh them? Where is... I don't know. Like, uh, eight months is a long time to walk. Uh, he says, I also reside in Georgia. We talked last week about the captain's viewing party in Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, he's going on a zombie movie tour in Atlanta in a few weeks. Set location uh, tours for The Walking Dead and for Zombieland. Sweet. He'll write in and let us know how it was. But I just want to uh, give that to anybody in Atlanta, Georgia area, if you want to look at the zombie movie tour. It sounds pretty fun. Apparently, Atlanta is a zombie capital of it the world. It is a zombie nexus. That's awesome. Uh, Jason from Mississippi said, Hey, Jim and Aaron, finally getting around to watching the last episode of Walking Dead. I have a few things I want to say. I thought this episode was average at best. Am I the only one who doesn't like Michonne on the TV show? Without any backstory, she just seems like a bitch who doesn't even try to get along with anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, sign on, co-sign that? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, Tom P. says, um, let's see... Oh, wow. He's getting a lot like of stuff super, you don't care to read, no, apparently. No, he's getting like uh, super. Somehow I got lazy cutting out all the first time listener. Oh, yeah. Fun, we you know. all. I, I usually yeah. trim all that, like, you know, praise and stuff out, uh, and I forgot to. So, anyway, he says that this guy took a soldier running away with an M16 M4 flat top with no optics mounted nor a real uh, battle sight. So he's saying he's got no scope. Yeah, and, and this, I think this he's guy has military he's mis- experience, he's, right? He's missing the iron sight on the back of the rifle. Yeah. Um, and he, he took issue with that. If he had the stock sights on a rifle, those are pretty accurate. You I know mean, what? You can, shoot a, you can shoot a dude in the chest from 100 yards, no problem. From what I recall reading emails, this guy was in the military in some form. I'm not going to question him because I have never shot an assault rifle. Mm. Never shot a rifle, period. So... I'll go with his his opinion. I don't know. I'm a I'm a decent shot, and I just never found it hard to. I mean, I 
I don't know. I've never tried to shoot at a running man. <laughs> I would hope not. I can hit any bitty target from, you know, 100, 200, 300 feet away. So, huh. uh, anyway, mm-hmm. Robert M. says, this episode is a total disappointment. Um, the wow. writers turned Michonne into a zombie-like mute who had to get the stink eye and grunt at anyone who looks at her way. I know the governor is trying to elicit information for Andrew and Michonne, but he was going way overboard with his niceness. I half expected him to pair, uh, pull out a pair of knitted socks with their names on them. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> They're saving that for the Christmas episode. <laughs> C-3PO so comes the out. the governor can teach us <laughs> the, truth, the true meaning of Christmas. Yeah. Um... Oh, how fucked would that be if they did like Christmas theme episode? And it was totally tonally different. Yeah, like it was a it musical, was like a Christmas special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Teaching Carl the meaning. <laughs> Christmas is important, even in Zombie Apocalypse, son. I would love that. I would think it was hilarious. Yeah, Carl, that tree ain't going to decorate itself now. <laughs> um, Jessica C said wanted to chime in as one of the only seventeen women who watched the show. I'm not yeah. sure. We've got a pretty split demographic on... We're nowhere near Woodbury status, though. No, no, no. Not even close. Yeah, it's... I wouldn't say it's a sausage fest. I think the sausage and hamburger buns are about evenly distributed. Probably, yeah. Um, he's been... Let's see. Um, the subject you wanted to address came up a number of times in last week's cast, but no one here seemed to give it much thought. The eight-month time frame. Something you and I are slowly starting to come around to. Yeah. The writers kept talking about the heart, or the characters keep talking about the hard winter in the last eight months pretty interchangeably, which is making me crazy. See, she's from Atlanta. I cut that part of the email out. Yeah. Have the writers forgotten that this show is set in Georgia? Our cold lasts three months at the most. Sure, Atlanta <laughs> might get one snow or ice storm, but down an hour or two from the city where the Grimes gang is running around, it does not get more than a bit frosty. This is true. Remember, we made fun yeah. of this last season because Rick was talking about rustling up snowmobiles. <laughs> yeah. And we actually asked, yeah. and this dude from Georgia is like, there's actually only one snowmobile in the entirety in the enti- of Georgia. In the entirety of Georgia. Yeah. So good luck with that. It's uh, not Manitoba, for Christ's sake. Yeah, basically what she's saying is it's been a very long time since it's been cold. And, and they're still harping on, oh, God, the winter. Yeah, and, and she continues... They're making yeah. something that spent the winter in Maine. If Lori's still cutting up cucumbers at the, up to the minute the Herschel's farm is overrun, that means they fled the farm by the beginning of October at the latest. Mm-hmm. Eight months later would place the current narrative around the beginning of June. Things yeah. in Georgia have been growing for months. It's been warm for months. Yeah. So she also says, on a related note, if more than half, or I'd say it looks like way, way more of the population is dead or zombified, there should be a lot more food and supplies to scavenge. It doesn't mm-hmm. sound like there was enough time in between the, the zombie plague initially hitting and reaching its peak to completely deplete every uh, Publix and Piggly Wiggly in the state, particularly when you find them every few miles. That's always been my point. Mm-hmm. Like, if a zombie apocalypse hits and, and reverse decimates, like takes out 90% of the human population, there will be canned food and ammo for, yeah. forever. Yeah, forever. Definitely. There's 300 and million people live in this country and now there's only 30 and we all get to divide the same stuff yeah no that's a very strong point yeah so i don't know so let's see um um andy had some uh problems with the helicopter too he says so apparently they take the bird up to scout ahead because they got jammed up in the highway how bad could that jam be? They have military vehicles that do a little off-roading and sufficient weaponry to pe- protect themselves. Why waste extremely precious helicopter fuel so soon? My theory is that they were in a faulty RV. Uh, <laughs> so they sent a guy ahead to scout. And, they had one and guy then a kid just, ran off. Yeah, and they had they one guy stuck. that just said appointed uh, group guardian that he was going to fake RV malfunctions <laughs> yeah. to keep them together. 
Yeah. That's a good point because they're driving Humvees. Mm-hmm. What conceivable traffic jam could stop that? I don't know. I mean, you'd need a wall of cars. Stacked through the median? And then even, like, you could go around that. So I'm envisioning, like, a deep, dense field of cars across the highway and then woods, like thick, wooded growth on both sides of the road. Like if there was some form of, um, like... Sequoias. I don't know. Redwood. 300 Spartan dudes that stack cars on the wall to yeah. Thermopylae or something. <laughs> yeah. That's what they ran up against. Exactly. Um, Fletch says he found the episode riveting. And he, hmm. um, even though he did want to know what's going on in the other group, I agree... Or he says, I agree that we shouldn't check up with them just to do it uh, for the sake of seeing them, but I hope they find a way to work the two groups in together quickly. Yeah. I think that's uh They're uh, certainly fair. moving at a faster pace this time. Mm-hmm. So uh, I've been happy with it. We'll see if it continues. He says, of course Andrew's hot for the governor. I guess even the zombie apocalypse doesn't cure bad taste in men. First Shane, now the governor. <laughs> she is attracted to those psychotic but strong men, right? Yeah, yeah. To be fair, she doesn't know how psychotic this guy is yet. Uh, I'm sure but she'll find out. I know she didn't know but, that about Shane either. That's just like you know, she just falls with the wrong guy. Yeah, I guess it's true. Hmm. Um, how cool would it be if Michonne leaves Andrew behind and hooks up with Rick in the game by herself? I'd support that. Yeah, I have no love for Andrew. Maybe and her she savage should, face. Maybe she should stay back with the governor. Maybe I'm sorry, the governor. The governor. <laughs> Rachel from Cleveland, the things she liked about this episode. Science. I love the governor has a scientific interest in zombies and the virus. Yeah, he's got something, someone else doing the dirty work, but it's clearly under his thumb. I wonder what else these guys have discovered about the virus and what we, the audience, just don't know yet. That was a mm. cool part of the episode because when, I don't know if you heard this, but when uh, Andrea was kind of drugged or out of it and heading yeah. back, the governor was phoning and head says, I got another, another homework project for you. Mm-hmm. So this guy's been doing zombie science the whole time. Yeah. So uh, also says she has a tea theory. Uh, Jim had his Breaking Bad coffee theory. Uh, now it's got a reboot. Um, <laughs> she also. This is like the undead theory. Yes. You can chop its head off, but it still won't die. As an aside, she says, <laughs> I know you guys gave up on the coffee theory, but you know, Walt used Gail's coffee device to trigger the fuse that blew up the super lab. What? I think that's true. He had an automatic timer to do the coffee stuff, and that's what they used to blow it up. Is that a subtle way to hint that the murder of Gail is where everything started to go wrong for Walt and Jesse? I'm back on board. Yeah. The coffee theory lives. (laughs) Uh, If you have no idea what we're talking about, it's because our – Because you don't watch Breaking Bad. Shame on you. Breaking Good podcast. Check it out. Lucas R. says, today I have some death predictions for you all. I think by the end of the mid-season finale, we have three major character deaths. Beth, she will die because she's pointless. No one cares about her. Oh, Carl, Carl cares Jr. about her. Cares about her deeply. Yeah. What's Carl gonna do when truly, she dies? Truly, madly, hook deeply. up with Carol. That's gonna be weird. Carl and Carol. Plus, he needs to take a line. Apparently, like Richard's on all that stuff, and and Daryl's on that. Yeah. Uh, Andrea, my prediction is she will suffer a brutal death by the governor. This accomplishes three mm. things: getting rid of a character who is not well liked. It makes the governor a clear-cut villain, and also give Michonne a reason to seek revenge. What if he kills Michonne? Because she won't cooperate. Andrea goes along with it, Michonne doesn't, he kills Michonne. What if? Andrea gets wind of it. I don't know. I don't know. Just <laughs> I don't speculating. Think, I think Beth is pretty likely. I, don't th- I think Andrea's character shields are pretty strong. 
Okay. Daniel WB, the professional podcast critic, says, a little down on this episode, Andrea's speedy recovery and gullibility. But she did have antibiotics coursing through her system there, Daniel. True, but she did get better awfully quick. The general Disney stage set feel to Woodbury, Merle playing second fiddle to the over-underwhelming Govna, who just doesn't bring enough menace yet, and the muteness of Michonne each contributed to my disappointments. A bald move to leave the core group off screen, but I felt like a missed opportunity to at least explore the relationship between Andrew and Michonne during the slower-paced script. Um, the rotor-shredded sh- soldier seemed like a waste of CGI resources to me. Tremendous visuals, but for what? And he also challenges yeah, us. Are we going to bring back the Survivor synopsis recap? We're so it's demanding. all you, man. What is he talking about? Is he talking about my uh, survival review? Yeah. No effing way. That took so much time, <laughs> and I've got barely enough time to do podcast as it is. Yeah. So I that was super fun. But they I were loved good. It. They yeah. were. Um, check uh, the site, and um, I don't know how you find it, honestly. Search. I don't know. We're going to be working on our site eventually. Yes. It's, we know it sucks. It's far We're sorry. too hard to find crap on our site. Yeah. You know, like historical content. So Definitely. We're, we're working on it. That's all I got. Uh, I've got a – whoa. We've got a ton of spoilers, including some semi-confirmed, big, bold, yeah. ballsy, in-your-face, machete-splitting skull spoilers that I'm going to save to the end of the spoiler section. So yeah. we say this on most weeks, but when the music starts at the end of this cast, flip off unless you want to be spoiled. Definitely. All right. Well, let's get to the spoiler section. Uh, let's, well, actually, let's do an outro. How about oh, that? Oh, yeah. Um, so we're part of the Bald Move Network, and we have a lot of shows. Part of it. We are. We started We it. founded this shit. Um, we make this shit work. And we are joined by the Personal Arrogance crew out of oh, Seattle. Yeah. They, If you like beer, whoa. If you like dropping scissors and almost stabbing your foot. If you like um, uh, video games, board games, TV, pop culture. Uh, guys being hilarious, check them out on the Personal Arrogant Show. We also have complete coverage of The Walking Dead, uh, Mad Men, Breaking G- Bad, The Walking, or no, I'm sorry, The Walking Dead, uh, Night's Watch, and Justified. Yep. So check out all of our fine podcasts there. Uh, if you'd like to send us a feedback, you can do so at watchingdead at baldmove.com, or you can join our Facebook site on facebook.com slash baldmove. We have weekly show threads that uh, get hundreds of responses and are a lot of fun. Uh, I try to watch the episode live. Jim live tweets at uh, Twitter, at Bald Move. I tried this week, but we, we, were, late. we were very, very late. We came in about a half hour late, so we'll yeah. try to do better next week. So my week. tweets wouldn't have made any sense. <laughs> That's the best kind. <laughs> yeah. Half an hour later. Oh, shit, it's Merle. <laughs> A uh, couple ways you can support us. We really would appreciate iTunes reviews. Uh if we could make it north of 300, that we'd need less than 20 reviews to get there. That would really help us out because the more reviews yeah. we get and the more people subscribe to our podcast, the higher we rank in the TV and movie section. And that's our primary vector for getting new fans. So that really helps us. If you don't do anything else, take a few seconds out, uh, pull up iTunes and give us a star rating and tell us what you think. Uh, third is the user Amazon affiliate link at uh, Amazon.baldmove.com. You go there or go to our home site and click on the orange banner. They'll take you to Amazon's front page. Anything you buy on that session doesn't cost you a thing, but we take a tiny – we steal, basically. We steal a cut of Jeff Bezos' cut. Yep. And who, who, can, who can hate on us for that? Helps pay for our bandwidth, helps keep the lights on, helps me drinking red wine, keeps me <laughs> drinking red wine. 
Yeah, we know it's what you guys like. That's what, yeah. And uh, tell a friend. Yeah. Uh, you know, friends, family, you like watching Dead and you're talking about it anyway, mention mention our show. We'd really appreciate it. We've got some people that uh, tweet our links on Reddit. That's always uh, – um, because I hate doing that myself. I feel like, yeah, it's, a, we're, I feel like we're, it's a downvote baiter. You know, like people are just going to yeah. be like, oh, you self-promoting piece of shit, downvote. Yeah, we both hate to self-promote. Yep. So <laughs> whenever you guys do it, we're happy, but we won't do it ourselves. So um, anyway, that's all for the uh, – Yeah, that's it. Uh, oh, is there anything else I'm forgetting? No, that's that's the usual. We do have a pretty a sweet T-shirt at baldmove.spreadshirt.com. Yeah. If you're a big Daryl fan, we got a shirt that says – I crossbow Daryl Dixon, and it's got the yeah. little, instead of the heart, it's got a red crossbow outline. Another failure of our website. Another failure because we hate to, pr- <laughs> we hate to f- promote, man, but it's, it's pretty cool. We got ladies' tees, multiple colors yeah. and sizes. It's, it's, uh, I like the shirt. It's a good, good design, Jim. We need to nice. get a I Magnum 357 Rick, Rick Grimes. Yeah. Yeah. I'll work on that. The boat we completely missed out on is election shirts. We could add some sweet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Grimes for Rick Tatorship. Rick Tatorship 2012. Yeah. Ah, well, there's always the next four years. His campaign quote would be, be I killed my friend for you people. (laughs) We spilled blood. We spilled. Yes, that's it. (laughs) That would be a good one. Grimes Dixon 2012. We spilled blood. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. We only got we got a week uh, left in the election we, cycle, we man. Do. We can make this it. happen. All right. Well, thanks for listening to uh, this episode. And as we said, massive spoilers at the end. So don't stick around if you don't want to hear those. As always, until next week, I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. back with the spoiler section go ahead and run the preview for next week next episode of amc's the walking dead the gate is open how the hell can this be happening we could use a soldier like you your gut tells you there's something off about this place but i have to take my chances out there and stay here we had an agreement she told me where i could find that farmhouse they were holed up in still buddy it's Wow, that was an awesome. impressive Rick showing, man. <laughs> How yeah. can this be happening? <laughs> and we had an agreement. I This looks like a freaking awesome episode, right? Yeah. Somebody's fucking with him. Yeah. And Rick wants to find out who it is. Hell yeah. Awesome. And you will find out all the answers to that if you stick around in spoiler section. <laughs> so you better get yeah, you GTFO after I read a little bit here by Julie Webster, who has a really thoughtful take on... Uh, um, a really thoughtful take on something we talked about last week, or actually we didn't. It was something from the episode last week. She says, regarding significance of any regarding Oscar and his moment of I don't plead for my life. Mm. There's a moment in a trailer where a woman wearing a hair wrap screams, no, I think it's Carol. And of course I can't find it. But since there won't be a Tyrese, perhaps Oscar is going to have the awful moment where the governor tries to use Tyrese as a chip to get into the prison. And mm. then when it doesn't work in a fit of rage, he uses Michonne's katana to cut off his head. If I'm correct, Oscar and Axel are going to inter- integrate into the group over the next few episodes and help defend against the Woodbury people. Oscar will get taken, and that scene is going to be played out, and that scream is Carol's when it happens. He'll probably get uh, be getting screamed at by the governor to plead for his life or whatever, and that's the callback to the episode sick. 
It would fulfill a moment of them becoming well-liked characters and then be killed by the enemy to solidify the group by losing another member and also solidify our collective hatred of the governor. Hmm. Okay. I, I like it. it. Uh, Andrew WB asks, how violent do you think they'll make the governor? That's Andrew a- or Daniel WB? <laughs> I, I'm always confused by this. No, it's Dan. It's, it's Oh, wait. <laughs> It does say Andrew. No, it's Daniel WB. I just fucked it up. Okay, um, <laughs> all right. He asked this as part of the email. How violent do you think they'll make the governor? Um, in the comic, he's super fucking violent. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about this a couple episodes ago about the torture he does to uh, Michonne and also the torture she does back to him. Mm-hmm. Super graphic, super disturbing. I don't know the AMC can get away with it. I mean, so we got the we got the fish head zombies in the aquarium. Do you think we'll see the governor's zombie daughter? Uh, I or or, aunt, or niece, I guess. I didn't get that far in the comic, but I assume there is uh, the governor's zombie daughter. See, I thought that's what we were going to see when it kept on panning over. Yeah, I yeah. thought she was going to be like sitting chained up by the, <laughs> the uh, chair, and I was going to be so fucked up. Nice. Um, sure, why not? I All mean, right. they're not going to cut off Rick's hand, surely. No. Uh, no, we've I'm already got a guy with no that's... hand. We've got a guy with yeah. no leg. Yeah. But if they did, they would show it because they showed Herschel's leg getting sure. chopped right off. Sure. But are so... they going to show like a dude's eyeball getting scooped out with a spoon? Are they going to show yes, someone's? I think they will. Someone's nutsack getting nailed to a board. I don't nutsack think... nailed yeah. to. Oh no, they won't show that. Oh, because... that's what moves you. That's what. That's what moves. That what moves the needle on Jim's emotion meter. I'm. I'm just. Feeling empathy for the guy getting his nutsack nailed to it's a board. The governor, the governor. Oh well, regardless, that would suck. Actually, I think it's the tip of his dick. Oh, that's even worse. Yeah, uh, they can't show that because of uh, public decency standards. No, but they could show it without showing. They could it. apply it. Yeah, kind of yeah. like what they would do, James jo- James Bond nutsack torture. <laughs> what? You didn't see the? Uh, uh, Wasn't a Casino Royale? No. Oh, I, really? I saw Casino Royale, but what are you talking about? Where they sit him down naked in that chair that has no seat, and oh, the dude just yeah, keeps yeah, wailing yeah. on his junk with <laughs> yeah. that. What do you call that? Like a okay. blackjack? No, I don't know what they're called. Sock full of pennies? I don't know. It looked <laughs> yeah. painful. Uh, I don't know. It's I draw a distinction between graphic violence and thematically dark stuff. And I so far have seen them go. As far as I wanted them to with both. Okay. So I would not be surprised if they go full hog with the governor. Honestly, I don't need a lot of bloody graphic violence. I think it's more effective yeah. if they imply and don't show. And I think the... Zombies do whatever you want. But yeah. I think I think the dark tones are what we're really looking for in this series, right? Main, main I mean, dark tones. Yeah. Uh, zombies traditionally, like zombie series, zombie movies, will have graphic violence. That's kind of part of it. Mm. But But the thing that's different about this is the dark tones to it. All right, are you ready for the super-duper spoilers? I guess. I don't really want to hear them either. So (laughs) Jesse B. uh, dug up a site called TVOverMind.com, and they have a load of Walking Dead spoilers. Apparently this guy got an advanced review copy and broke the embargo for whatever reason. Um, Okay. So the episode is and, – and again, I'm, I'm going to take these with a grain of salt because at least one of the spoilers seems almost unbelievable 
but and I'm in the past them. we have had faulty spoilers, a big one. Yeah, that came so. from a little bit du- more of a dubious source. Yeah. Although you know, like I said, this source has been right before. Yada yada yada. For entertainment purposes only, we'll all find out next week. Yeah. This episode is split between the prison and Woodbury. The Woodbury segment is very talking, features some awesome dialogue between Andrew and Merle, Andrew and the governor, and Andrew and Michonne. The creepy feeling that the governor might be putting the make on Andrew also gets a little reinforcement. Hmm. Um, but the prison is where the action is at. A herd of zombies attacks a prison while Rick's group is separated. With the prison generators running, the prison alarms are blaring, attracting walkers from all over the countryside. <laughs> the groups consist of Rick, Daryl, Glenn, seeking out the generators with the help of inmate Axel and Oscar, Herschel and Beth locked into a cage for their safety, T-Dog and Carol running for their lives, and Lori, Carl, and Maggie also running for their lives. The first to die is T-Dog. Oh, without a single damn line. <laughs> he suffers a walking bite to his shoulder. Uh, in an act of bravery, he sticks with Carol, determined to get her to safety. The bite oh. is a one-way ticket on its own, but the way he dies is truly gruesome. With the route ahead blocked by walkers, T-Dog runs full steam, ollie ollie oxen free. Toward- with his shield? Yeah, Red Rover, Red Rover, send T-Dog right over. <laughs> Managing to knock back the walkers and open a brief window for Carol to escape. Sweet. The second death comes at the end of the episode. Lori goes into labor and attempts to deliver the baby. At first, it appears she'll be able to deliver without cesarean. But then she begins bleeding profusely. With no way to help stop the labor or get help, Lori comes to a decision. Maggie must cut the baby out of her. Lori accepts that she will die in the process. Good. With Carl looking on, Maggie cuts the baby from Lori's body. Lori dies in the process. Yes! Very emotional scene. Carl decides that he should be the one to put the bullet in his mother's brain to prevent her from coming back, and we flash to season two. When Rick and Carl were sitting in the barn, Rick told his son, no more kid stuff. People are going to die. Wow. I like it. He mentions that in the episode, it's absolutely heart-wrenching. Uh, Rick and his group arrived at the separate part of the courtyard from Maggie, Carl, and the baby. As they draw closer, it becomes more evident what has transpired, and Rick absolutely loses it. It's a stunning portrayal of grief by Andrew Lincoln, and we reach through the, we'll reach through the screen and squeeze the ever-loving tears. Right? Okay, buddy, this isn't that kind of show, man. If I cry <laughs> at the end of next week's The Walking Dead, <laughs> I don't. I, I can't think of anything outrageous enough to put on the line. Yeah. I'll nail the tip of my own dick to a to a board right here in the studio. I don't want to see that. You're not going to or Andrew Lincoln. It'll be implied. Griefing? Are you kidding? <laughs> That'll probably and, and over Lori's death. Yeah, I'm already going to be halfway into my bottle of tequila and got the salsa flowing, <laughs> man. There's no way they can bring me down. That's true. We got the fiesta next week, apparently. Apparently so. I mean, you'll you'll know it first if you I'm, hear the uh, yeah. What do you call that music? The like uh, a mariachi music. Uh-huh. Yeah, we're going to open the cast of the mariachi. Hell yeah. I'm just a little disappointed that nobody tried to eat that baby. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> so, a couple other bullet points. Someone still sneaking around the prison, stringing up mutilated deer parts to lure walkers in. It mm. should be obvious from the first couple shots it's not Merle or the governor. Um, back in Woodbury, Michonne does some detective work, notices blood and bullet holes in the newly acquired military vehicle, and she wonders when, since when do walkers carry guns. The governor tries to sweet talk her like the politician he is, but she's not having it. Oh. Michonne wants to get the hell out of Woodbury, go to the coast, find a boat, motherfucker. Yeah. Andrew is a sucker for bad boys, though, and wants to stay at the governor. And Merle asks permission to go look for his brother. Rick, okay, this is the thing that's crazy, um, along with Lori dying. Rick and the crew search for the governor, or for the <laughs> generator room for the siren with Axel and Oscar in tow. 
The Mr. Saboteur is Andrew, the squirrely little dude that was last seen being torn apart by zombies off screen. Yeah. I... Okay, if that's true, I've got to go back and watch that episode again. Because I want to hear the bloody effing murder. Yeah. I want to hear what's going on out there. A fight ensues. Oscar finds himself with Rick's gun, holding both Rick and Andrew at gunpoint. He shoots Andrew and hands the gun back to Rick, proving his loyalty, which poor Axel had been trying to do awkwardly and unsuccessfully all episode. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. It'd be cool if Oscar came back as, or Andrew came back as a zombie with vengeance, and that proves conclusively that they have a shadow of their former selves or whatever. Huh. I, it sounds like a good episode. It does. Uh, Lori's death alone is going to make that a good episode. Yeah. So. I find myself, is it wrong to be hoping the spoilers are true? No, no, definitely not. Not when they involve Lori dying. I just don't know. Now I'm starting to feel bad cheering for a pregnant mother to die. She won't be pregnant when she dies. <laughs> You're right. I totally feel better about it already. All right. That's what we got, man. Wow. Mega to, spoilers. You ready to call the cast? Yeah, let's do it. All right. See you guys next week for the... Fiesta. Fiesta.